Hey, this is Nikki McCrary, lead pastor at Eastern Heights Baptist Church in Statesboro, Georgia, where we exist to be a life-changing church. So as you listen, I pray that you will be encouraged in your walk with Christ and that your life will be forever changed as you grow in your relationship with Him. Well, good morning and Happy New Year. All right. Well, y'all are all just overjoyed about it, aren't you? Right? Man, what a powerful worship service. Thanks, guys, for leading us in that. We began, as you can see, last week a uh, new series called Revival Stronger Than Ever. And if we were to turn our eyes upon Jesus, just think what would happen. Man, that took me back. Some of y'all same age I am. That took me back to the day, right? Man, when we were teenagers and and the Lord's Spirit was moving in a powerful way and and we would just say, you know, whatever you want, Lord, I'm willing to do it. I'm going to turn my eyes on Jesus because he is the answer. Man, that's that's what we're looking to do. And we're so glad that you are here today as we continue in this series because we started last week. It's going to be a six-week adventure on restarting, on uh, recovering after a national crisis and being shut down. And so Ezra describes himself in this book that we're studying to do this uh, in Chronicles. He described himself as a scribe skilled in the law of Moses. So he's patting himself on the back saying, you know, I'm a pretty good writer and I know the law of Moses very well. And so he he describes himself that way. And so he's going to be our teacher in this series, not so much me as it is Ezra, but he, he used this book called Chronicles to give us some great lessons. And the first one we, we learned last week was about how that the children of Israel, God's people, had been taken captive by the nation of Babylonian. They had been put into exile for some 70 years. And then finally, God sent Cyrus, the Persian king, to set his people free, and they went back to restart and rebuild their nation. And so Ezra compiled a history of this account, and it wasn't so much what happened as to why it happened, okay, and some of the decisions that were made that led to their captivity. And so in his book, Chronicles, Ezra teaches us some very valuable lessons, and he does it using the life of different kings, all right? And what we learn is what to do and what not to do once we get the chance to start things over. And so as we enter this new year of 2021, we're going to study what these lessons are. We're going to learn how to apply these as we start again, not only as a church, but as the revived Christian and as the revived person God really wants us to be. And so if you missed last week, I hope you'll go back and you'll catch up either online or on YouTube. If you need help with that, call the office. We'll get Tyler to help you walk through how to do that because uh, sometimes I can't figure it out. But uh, we want you to catch up. But the first lesson that we learned last week real quick was from the life of David. And it was what to do when you realize that you've messed up. And we've talked about how we've all messed up and what we're supposed to do once that happens. And we learned the principle about God's forgiveness and God's mercy. And the principle is this, when we repent, God relents. When we repent, God relents. <laughs> this past week, our youngest grandson, he got in trouble about something. So his mama heard him in the room praying. He's three. He said, son, what are you praying about? He said, I was asking God to forgive me. And so I said, put him on the phone. I said, when we repent, God relents. He didn't know what I was talking about. But you do, right? 
And that's where it begins. We have to repent in order for God to relent. And so we learn that repentance is necessary for revival to come. And it involves not only just feeling bad about what we've done and having remorse about it, but it means actually allowing God to redirect our lives, to redirect us in the direction that is right. And so most importantly, what we learned last week is that when we do that, it usually and almost always involves a cost. It costs us something, and our commitment to God is always going to cost us something. And so God is challenging us. God is challenging you this year as you enter 2021 to consider what that cost might be. Because true revival happens when we're willing to make that commitment to God no matter what the cost might be. And so I want to ask you something this morning. When's the last time your commitment to God cost you something? When's the last time your commitment to God cost you something? How far do you have to go back? If it's very far, it could be that you are in need of revival. And so today's lesson from Ezra is going to be about wisdom. It's going to be about wisdom. So go ahead and find 2 Chronicles chapter 1. 2 Chronicles chapter 1. And if you need help... Uh, Not only is it in the Old Testament, but it's on page 344 in my Bible, okay? If that helps you out any. 2 Chronicles chapter 1. It's a lesson from David's son, King Solomon. So another king. And and in this case, the Bible says that King Solomon was the wisest man to ever live on earth except for Jesus Christ, of course. And so as you study the life of Solomon, though, you'll find out that he wasn't a perfect man, that he, like all men makes mistakes. Amen, women? All right, if you're a man, you're going to make a mistake sometimes, all right? And King Solomon was no different from his father, David. He had made many mistakes. But if you'll recall from last week, Ezra, in writing the book of Chronicles, is writing to a group of discouraged people. They're going back to their place that had been destroyed over those 70 years. And so God wants us to be encouraged today. And so instead of taking the negative things and the mistakes uh, that... um, Solomon had made and and teaching us about those, Ezra uses the positive things that Solomon did to teach us some valuable lessons today. And I'm thankful for that. I know I I make a lot of mistakes, but it helps to know that sometimes we do things right and that God rewards us when we do those things right. So that's what today is about, is God rewarding us in the area of wisdom if we We'll seek it. So what Solomon did right is when he get, was given the opportunity to become king is he wanted to start out right. He wanted to start out this new chapter in his life right. He wanted to start out this new phase in his life right. He wanted to start out this new opportunity in his life right. He wanted this new time in his life to be pleasing to God. And so he did something that few of us would ever consider doing. And that is he took a thousand goats sheep and cattle, and he offered them to God. So some of you go, well, first of all, I don't have a thousand of those, so you're right, I would never think about doing that. But when's the last time you gave God a thousand of anything that you had? Maybe it's a thousand dollars. Maybe it was a thousand cars. (laughs) Maybe you own a car dealership, I don't know. But think about it. I mean, even though he's going to become a king, this was still a pretty big offering that he was going to make. And so... Solomon decides that he's going to make this thousand animal offering to God. And so I want you to see what happens as a result of that offering in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, beginning in verse 7. 
2 Chronicles 1, beginning verse 7, it says, That night God appeared to Solomon and said, What do you want? What do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. And I want you to let that sink in for just a moment. If God were to come to you right now and say, What do you want in 2021? Because whatever you want, I will give it to you. What would you ask God for? What would you ask him for? And so Solomon replied in verse 8, You showed great and faithful love to David, my father, and now you have made me king in this place. Oh, Lord, please continue to keep your promise to David, my father, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me the wisdom and knowledge to lead them properly. For who could possibly govern this great people of yours? Verse 11. God said to Solomon, Because your greatest desire is to help your people, and you did not ask for wealth, riches, fame, or even the death of your enemies or a long life, but rather you asked for wisdom and knowledge to properly govern my people, I will certainly give you the wisdom and knowledge you requested. But I will also give you wealth, riches, and fame such as no other king has had before you or will ever have in the future. And so we see right off the bat that Solomon already had a good bit of wisdom to ask God for wisdom, right? And so if you're a parent of a teenager today and God were to ask you what you wanted in 2021 or you're the grandparent of a teenager, you know right now what it'd be, that be God would make your your teenager or your grand-teenager as wise as Solomon, right? Because, see, here's the deal. He was only 14 when he asked God for this. He was only 14 years of old when he asked God to give him the wisdom to lead as king, age 14. So Ezra's telling this story about rebooting our lives, and he's saying the best possible way that you could begin 2021 is by fulfilling God's purpose in your life, to fulfill God's purpose in your life. So what is your purpose in life? That's how you will be happy and fulfilled in 2021. And for Solomon, it was to become king of a great nation, even at the age of 14. And so at the age of 14, Solomon knew this would be quite the challenge of a lifetime. And he knew he would need help to rule over 2 million people and to lead them responsibly and to care for all their needs. And so when it came to that moment where Solomon made this 1,000 animal sacrifice, as each one of those was slaughtered, what Solomon was doing was he was saying, God, all I have is yours. God, all I am is yours. God, all I have is yours. God, all I am is yours. And he did that one thousand times. And so on that day of Solomon's sacrifice, he was starting his life over because he was moving from being a prince to being a king. And he knows that being a prince means you can play, but being a king means it's time to start being a leader. And so like I said last week, you can't outgive God. And so God comes to Solomon and he says, you've given me your best what can I give you in return? And that's why I had you ask yourself that question. What would you ask of God? Because he wants to give you something this morning. He wants to give you something in 20. 
21, what can I give you in return? And Solomon asked for one of the most incredible things. We call it wisdom. And I know most of you know the difference between the two, but just so that we're on the same page, knowledge is knowing facts and figures and principles, right? And, and, and a lot of us know a lot of that kind of stuff. But wisdom is knowing what to do with all those facts and figures and principles. So, so knowledge is about having information, but wisdom is knowing about how to apply that in every single situation and to do it right every single time. I don't know about you, but I've watched movies and, and TV and, and stuff like this, and especially these Hallmark movies, you know. I just wish somebody could just script out my life so that I could say the right thing and do the right thing every single time. I mean, those guys never get it wrong, right? And even when they do, they get a do-over, right? And, and so, you know, just, just script it all out. It'd be great. But that's what wisdom is, and that's what we can have if we were to ask God. That's knowing how to apply the information and do it the right way every single time in every single situation. Wow, how powerful a thing to have. What a gift. So let's just pause for a moment and take inventory of our lives as we start out this new year and as we recover from this national crisis and as we think about coming back stronger than ever. And we have done great things as a church here at Eastern Heights, but how can we come back and be stronger than we've ever been before? Because, see, I think most of all of us in here have a lot of knowledge, right? I mean, as I look around, we're a pretty educated group of people here at Eastern Heights. But the question is, how wise are you today? How wise are you? And to, and to answer that question, i got to ask you two more questions. Number one, what sacrifice have you made to God so far in 2021? We're three days in. What sacrifice have you made to God? And then as a result of that sacrifice that you made to God, what have you asked God to give you in return? What sacrifice have you made to God and what have you asked God to give you in return? How wise are you? Because, see, God says if you will put him first, that he will give you everything you need. Matthew 6, right? But is that really how we go about doing life most of the time? Don't look so spiritual. Is that how we go about doing life most of the time? We put God first and let him give us everything that we need? No, we, I find that most people spend vast amounts of time pursuing their own desires, going after what they want, what, what they think they need, and, and they just go, go, go after it so hard that, that they don't have much left over for God. And so when they get down to the end of all their, they, they can do, then if they've got anything left over, then they'll say, okay, God, I'll give you your part of it. Or God, I'll, I'll come to church this week because I don't have anything else going on, you know. And, and, and so we, we go about it totally opposite, many people do. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir today. I understand that. But a lot of people go about it just the opposite way, and we need to challenge them on that because, you know, you can't improve on God's way of doing things, and that is you put him first, and then he will give you everything you need instead of you going after it and trying to make it happen on your own. So when you get home, I want you to read the next eight chapters of Chronicles, Second Chronicles. Chapters 2 through 9 there, and, and just kind of see some of the amazing things that God did as the result of the wisdom that God gave him. But I know some of you are not going to do that when you get home, so I want to give you just a couple uh, little teasers, all right? Yeah, yeah, some of you laugh because you're going, I ain't reading those eight chapters when I get home, man. I got to do lunch, okay? But sometime the next day or two, I want you to read those eight chapters because it's really good, but a few of them. Second Chronicles 1.14 says this, Solomon built up a huge force of chariots and horses, he had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses. Now, you don't have any idea how much that is back in that day, do you? Well, 
Pharaoh went after the Israelites with only 6,000 when he chased them toward the Red Sea. So he's got 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses. He stationed some of them in the chariot cities and some near him in Jerusalem because Solomon knew that if God was going to bless his nation, he would need a strong military to defend it and to keep his people safe from the enemy. You know what? That's really a lot of wisdom in that. Not only for our nation, but listen, folks, it is wise for our church because not only are we fighting a great enemy outside of these walls, sometimes we have an enemy within the walls, but the greatest enemy our church is facing today is Satan himself. Amen? And we need to fortify ourselves against the enemy just like Solomon did when he was given wisdom. May God grant us the wisdom to stand against our enemy, Satan. Second Chronicles 1.15 says, The king, Solomon, made silver and gold as plentiful in Jerusalem as stone. And valuable cedar timber was as common as the sycamore fig trees that grow in the foothills of Judah. Solomon knew how to generate wealth. And you know, we, we, we do get concerned about finances and things. And, but here's the deal, folks. We need to continue to be faithful to do what God has called all Christians to do, and that is to give of ourselves, to give financially, to continue to support this church so that we can continue not only to do the ministry we are currently doing, but we can get back and we can rebuild and we can do the ministry God wants us to do in the days ahead. Amen? We've got to give. We've got to give. We've got to give sacrificially. It's going to cost us. Something. Second Chronicles 2, verse 1. Solomon decided to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord and also a royal palace for himself. He enlisted a force of 70,000 laborers, 80,000 men to quarry stone or to cut stones that he needed in the hill country, and 3,600 foremen or directors or leaders over all of this to keep it all going and directed in the way that it should. Solomon knew the importance of having a place for people to come together to worship, and they knew the importance of people getting together to worship together. And so Solomon enlisted workers. He trained workers. And we as a church, we've got to continue to do this in 2021. We have to enlist workers. We have to train workers. We have to put workers in place so that we can do the ministries God called us to do. And a while ago, I came up with something. I hadn't thought about it before, and that is if you could, you should. Amen. If you could, you should. What I mean by that is if you can, then do it. If you got the time, you ought to give it. If you got the ability, you ought to use it. If you could, you should as we move forward in 2021. You say, well, I don't know what it is. Well, try something. We'll tell you if you're good at it or not. All right? Might hurt your feelings a little bit, but we'll find you something to do that you are good at. Amen? Don't worry. We're not going to shoot our wounded. We're going to help you out. But look, look, God needs you. God needs everybody as we move into 2021, as we rebuild. And it takes a force. It takes a huge force. Chapters 3 through 8 describes how Solomon built that temple, how he fortified the cities, how he moved the people back into those cities, and how that all of Israel prospered because of what he'd done. Flip on over to chapter 9, 2 Chronicles 9. You're going to see how all this ended up. 2 Chronicles 9, verse 13. 2 Chronicles 9, verse 13. Each year, Solomon received about 25 tons of gold. He knew how to generate wealth. This did not include his sponsors. 
Now, it doesn't say that in the Bible, okay? I, I added that. But it says, this does not include the additional revenue he received from merchants and traders. All the kings of Arabia and the governors of the provinces also brought gold and silver to Solomon. I mean, he had money coming in left and right. And the point is not that God wants to make us rich. The point is this. Wisdom is a great gift and that God will use it to bless us. And God used Solomon so that Israel experienced some of the most fantastic blessings they had ever experienced under his wisdom. Israel became the wealthiest nation in the world. And the people of Israel were the most protected of anybody anywhere around. All because of one man's prayer. Can one person make a difference? Absolutely. Are you that person today that God would use? And see, because Solomon was wise, he, he didn't just pray this prayer one time. He, he spent a lot of time in prayer. One of the most um, prominent prayers that you'll ever find in the Bible is in chapter 6. We don't have time to read it today. That's one of those that you'll read if you read those other eight chapters I was talking about. But I want you to see how God answered his prayer from chapter 6 in chapter 7, beginning in verse 12, 2 Chronicles 7. Verse 12, it says, Dan, Then one night the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I have heard your prayer. God hears our prayers. I've heard your prayer and have chosen this temple as the place for making sacrifices. I've chosen this place. At times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls. Well, we saw the opposite of that yesterday, right? But just imagine. Sometimes God may shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. Remember last week we learned that God sends all of these negative things, these, these things in our life that he sends them to remind us that he is God and that we are his people and that we have sinned and that we need to turn back to him. So God uses these things to get his people's attention. And then once he has our attention, in verse 14, he says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Our land needs restoring. Our church needs restoring. Our city needs restoring. Our lives need restoring today. See, most of us have memorized that verse in one version or another, right? But have we learned the lesson? And that was, that's the one that Ezra's trying to teach us. And it's about restarting our lives and allowing revival to come in and to come back stronger than ever here in 2021. And, and just so we're on the same page real quick, some of you may not be familiar with these. I just want to go through them very, very quickly because, listen, these are important. These are the words from the Lord himself to Solomon. And anything that comes from the Lord, as I always used to tell the teenagers, you better perk up and listen up, okay, because it's important. Step one, God says you need to humble yourself. What that means is simply this. You need to realize that you're not God, but you sure do need him. You're not God, but you sure do need him. Step two, he says pray. Pray. Just talk to God like you do other people. Talk to God. Tell him your hopes and desires for 2021. Tell him what your needs are. Tell him what your hurts are. Tell him your fears. Tell him. Talk to him. Pray. Pray. Humble yourself. Pray. And then step three, seek God's face. You know, all these face coverings have really changed things, haven't they? And I know we've got them blinged up. Man, I saw Copper Fit's got one out now. I mean, good night. We'll get a Nikki Fit going here for long. All right? But we, we got face coverings everywhere. And what I've found out is, is I will look at somebody that I know, but I don't even recognize them. 
Because they got this mask on. You can't tell if they're laughing. You can't tell if they're smiling. You can't tell if they're sticking their tongue out at you. I mean, you can't tell what's going on behind that mask, right? It hides a lot of things. And so as I thought of this first, I thought, man, to seek God's face means that you want, to, you want to intimately know him. You want to know everything about him. You want to see him for who he is. You want to, you want to just intentionally go about seeking what God wants in your life, not just hoping it'll happen or wishing it'll happen or, or you know, whatever, you know, hope, good luck for 2021 or whatever, but you are just, you're intentionally going about saying, God, I want you to go with me every step of my day. I want to see your face every step of the day today. I want to see you in everything that I do. I want to do everything with you today. Step four, turn from your wicked ways. Now this comes from a very deep theological expression coming from the Hebrew that means quit doing wrong and start doing right. Did you get that? Quit doing wrong and start doing right. It's not deep at all. Okay? It's very simple. Quit doing wrong and start doing right. Turn from your wicked ways. You remember last week we said that what you might think might be a little sin in your life, it might be the very one thing that's keeping you and has kept you for years from experiencing the revival God wants to bring to your heart and to your life. It's the key to healing our land. It's the key to recovering well and having revival. And it's the key to restarting stronger than ever. Now, do you know who needs to do these four steps that I just went over? That's right. You do. And you do, and I do, and you do, out there listening and watching. You do. You know, we, we need to get over ourselves. It's time for Christians to quit uh, calling everybody else out on all of their wicked ways. Because we've got enough of our own, amen? Or at least I do. We don't have time to be calling everybody else out on their wicked ways. Just deal with your own. Ask God to forgive you of your wicked ways. Because, see, God can't bring healing to our nation. God can't bring healing to our church. and God can't bring healing to our own lives until he builds an army of healers. I got to thinking about, and look, this has nothing to do with what you think about the vaccine, okay? I don't care what you think about the vaccine. It ain't got nothing to do with nothing. But you know why they're vaccinating the first responders? Yes, you do. You know why. It's because without the first responders, we'd be in a real mess already. They're vaccinating the first responders because they are super important in our recovery and restarting our nation. And see, God can't bring healing until he has an army of healers. And so what we need is an army of healers that's been healed from the plague of sin that's in our lives and in our churches today. And we need to ask God to bring revival to the first responders so that we can take it to the others who need it. Can I get an amen? You see, we can't be the life-changing church God wants us to be if God's not changing our own life. That's why I've chosen the theme for this year, for 2021. It's going to be called Better Together. You're going to hear that a lot. See, only God knows where your heart is, and only God knows if your relationship is where it needs to be with him. Only you know that. Only you and God know that. But I know something as your pastor, and that is that we are better together. We are. We are better together. Together, together we accomplish more. Together we serve more effectively. Together we minister more effectively. Together we share the gospel more effectively. Together we encourage one another. 
better. Together, we strengthen one another together. And together, we challenge each other better. It's simple. We are better together than we are apart. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And then three are even better than the two because a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. You know, what we've learned in 2020, if nothing else, is we've learned that the church can survive. You cannot shut down the church of God, amen? It's not going to happen. But I don't want us to just survive. I don't want us to be content with just surviving. I want us to thrive. And so what others have discovered through 2020 is that they too can survive without the church. Many have not been to church in almost a year now, and they're surviving. But what's going to happen is sooner or later, they will come to the conclusion that they will never thrive without the church. You know why? Because it's God's plan. And you cannot improve on God's plan. It is God's design, and you cannot improve on God's design. It is God's way, and you cannot improve on God's way. And it is at the church where you get God's blessing. So we're going to remind ourselves all year long that we are better together. And for God's people to thrive, I'm convinced in my heart of hearts that we need revival to take place, not only on the individual level, but on the church level as well. And it begins with us. So if you're going to start over and you're going to do it at a higher level than before, you're going to have to do these four steps that Ezra gives us through the life of King Solomon. I'm going to finish real quick. Number one, you need to make a burnt offering. By that I mean you need to give your life as a living sacrifice. God, all I have is yours. God, all I am is yours. Find some symbolic way to give your life as a living sacrifice to God for 20, 21 Number two, ask God for wisdom, just like Solomon did. Reshape your life, and particularly your prayer life, to start asking God to give you wisdom so that you don't just have knowledge about God and the church and all this kind of stuff, but that you know how to specifically apply it to the situations God's going to give you in 2021 to use it. Third, pursue wisdom. Pursue wisdom. Don't just ask God for it. Go after it. It's not going to just happen magically. Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 5, King Solomon wrote this. He said, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. I've done this before. I want to encourage you. We've used 21 days of prayer before and all these different kinds of methods, but a very simple one is this. Read a chapter out of Proverbs every day. It's the book of wisdom. Whatever day it is, read that chapter. Today's the third day. Read chapter three. It'll make you wise. Pursue wisdom through the book of wisdom. And last, walk in wisdom. Once you've asked God for wisdom and you're pursuing it, then you need to walk in it. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Your mama ever tell you that? Mine did all the time. You know what you need to do in 2021? You need to check yourself. And you need to ask yourself, Who am I spending a lot of my time with? Is it people that are headed in the same direction I'm wanting to go with God? Am I headed in the same direction that people are thinking that I'm thinking? 
Am I spending time with people who are wiser than me? That's who you need to be spending your time with in 2021. So ask God. Maybe that's one thing you could ask for, some people to spend time with that you can get wisdom from. Walk in wisdom. I believe if each one of us did these four things, we'd all be stronger than ever going into 2021. Let's pray together. His hands are bowed and eyes are closed. I want to invite you this morning to start the process of revival in your own heart and your life. What a great way to start 2021 by making that your prayer. God, give me wisdom. God, give me wisdom. God, I realize that committing my life to you is going to cost something. And God, whatever the cost is, I'm willing today. And so God, I offer you the sacrifice of my life. Now here's what I want in return. What about it? What's your sacrifice to God today and what would you ask Him for in return? A great thing to ask Him for would not be fame. It wouldn't be wealth. It wouldn't be popularity. It wouldn't be good luck. It wouldn't be best wishes. It would be God give me wisdom. Give me wisdom and make me the kind of leader and minister to the people around me, whoever that might be. If you're a dad, it might be to your wife and your children. If you're a mom, it might be to your husband and your children. If you're a child, it might be to your parents. God, make me the kind of person I need to be to my brothers, my sisters, my employer, my co-workers. God, make me a different person in 2021. Somebody that brings honor and glory to you. Revive in me, God, that spirit that I need. Maybe you need to give your heart and life to Christ today for the very first time. So I invite you to ask him. Come into your heart to save you from all your sins. Commit your life to him today to be the best and wisest choice you've ever made. Father, that's our prayer today. Give us wisdom and use us to be the life-changing church you've called us to be. In Christ's name we ask it. And all God's people said. We hope you were encouraged by this message today. If you would like more details on our church, please visit us at ehbcstatesboro.org.